Good evening, and welcome to Scary Movie Month Diaries on Progressively Horrified, where we watch all sorts of stuff so you don't have to. <laughs> Hey everybody, it's October and that means it's Scary Movie Month here at Progressively Horrified. Now, if you know us, you know that this is what got us started in the first place, is the fact that we're all gluttons for punishment who watch a lot of scary movies in October. That said, we wanted to do something a little different than our usual digressions on the rest of the week when we don't have a regular podcast, and we thought, since we are watching a ton of movies anyway this would be a good chance for us to jump into your feed and tell you about all the good, the bad, and the truly, truly atrocious that we watch during Scary Movie Month. If you love this and you love our regular shows and you really want to uh, make our efforts to be just too much in the horror field uh, continue, then we would love it if you jump on our Patreon at patreon.com slash progressivelyhorrified and help us make more podcasts. We appreciate you. And now, on with Scary Movie Month Diaries. Good evening and welcome to the third day of Scary Movie Month Diaries. It's me, Jeremy, again. I'm filling out this week for you. Um, now today I wanted to talk about a couple of like classic horror movies that I caught up on. Now these are all on... Uh, home box office maximum, HBO Go, or HBO Max, whatever you, whatever you're calling it these days, it's it's there. Uh, because they have a huge chunk of like Criterion Collection horror movies, which are like, it's really cool. Um, there's A lot of these things are generally hard to find. Um, and they have a whole, a whole collection of things that, you know, if you've been into horror for a while, even if you haven't seen, you've probably heard talked about. Um, and you should definitely dig in. There are a few I'm going to talk about here. Uh, these are all four ones that I liked. Um, they have differing values of scariness. Uh, they're, they're not necessarily what you know some people might be used to when you're talking about scary. There's not a lot of jump scares. There's not a lot of things chasing people. But um, they certainly lay a lot of groundwork for things that you'll see later. And honestly, in some ways, ring more true to modern, uh, you know, A24 type horror um, than sort of what we think of as horror as it's been established from like the 70s to the early 2000s. Um, So first, I want to talk about Diabolique uh, or Les Diaboliques, depending on where you're seeing it. Um, It is a French film. It is... uh, Man, I don't know how much I want to say about it because I don't want to give away too much of it. But it is about a a, a mistreated wife and an abused mistress that decide to work together to get rid of the uh, husband who is uh, mistreating them both. Um, But in their efforts to do so, it does not go quite as anticipated. And... um, you know, the, some some things lead to uh, them maybe believing the dead husband is not quite as dead as they would have believed. Um, but it has this mounting feeling of dread throughout it, which is just beautifully put together. And it's, it's really good. Like, 
it's a, a classic film and a classic horror movie and it really like the acting is is good the it's beautifully shot and it's it's in just this sort of sterling black and white um it's really well made so i would absolutely say check it out the movie literally has a, a warning at the end that says not to spoil it for other people so i won't do that um I really wish they still put those at the end of movies. Uh, that's pretty great. It's it's just literally a text frame at the end. It's like, hey, don't spoil this for other people. Other people haven't seen this yet. Um, so, yeah, that's absolutely wonderful. Um, the second movie I, I wanted to talk about that I also watched this month was uh, The Cabinet of Dr. Caligari, which uh, if you've been watching horror movies and, and read any lists of the best horror movies, it's on all of those lists because it's a very early um very like poe-esque sort of horror movie if you're a big fan of edgar Allan poe then this is probably a thing you'll like um but it it, it involves a you know a carnival and a sleepwalker in a um particularly mad uh psychologist scientist it's a little a little hard to say exactly what dr caligari is um it's magnificently put together and has uh an ending that man it's you know this is almost a hundred year old movie and it's still it still got me i uh didn't know where it was gonna go at the end um so like i i definitely recommend checking out it's also done in this like crazy art style all the sets and everything are uh like super stylized um it is, you know, that old silent movie quality film. So, like, the, the, the look of it is not always... It, it's not as beautiful as, like, Diabolique or some of the other movies I'll be talking about. But, like, it's... um, It is very well made. Um, and definitely, like, a thing that as you watch it, you will see influences of a hundred years worth of movies that will be influenced by it directly or indirectly just watching it. So, like... It's a good watch, and if you're really into horror as a as an art form, then I would definitely check it out. Um, again, that one's on HBO Max as well. Um, I also watched Freaks, uh, which is a fascinating movie because it is about um, a literal, you know, it's about a freak show and a carnival. It's about a group of uh, disabled uh, people who work at this uh, show, who have a, a variety of different um, talents or, or disabilities or, um, you know, you know the sorts of, of things that used to be included in, in those types of uh, exhibits. It's everything from, you know, people with dwarfism to people who are, are missing limbs and, you know, still uh, are able to, to do tasks in the show to... Um, you know, strong men and um, everything else. And it's really fascinating in that they used actors and actresses who actually have these conditions um, in in the movie. It's not makeup and prosthetics or anything like that. It's, it's real people. Um, and they are definitely the protagonists of this film with the exception of the strong man who's kind of a jerk uh no he's a real asshole i gotta say um 
and you know the the trapeze artist who's sort of a femme fatale of sorts um the the rest of the cast are very much it's it's about it's a story where you know if if you betray one of us we're a family uh you're gonna have to deal with all of us um and it's like it, it's good it's good and it's short which you know if if you watch a lot of horror movies you can value something and get in and out under 90 minutes um but yeah it's it's absolutely worth worth watching it is a thing that gets a lot of its screen time out of you watching people with disabilities perform which is maybe something that would is not like i mean the the Old style freak shows uh, are definitely not a thing that uh, I think is progressive or <laughs> uh, that we should be uh, necessarily celebrating. But these are, you know, stories of, of people who are making a living being themselves and sort of getting each other's backs when uh, other people in the world treat them wrong. Um, so it's it's definitely worth a watch. I feel like your mileage will probably vary. Um, but it, it's, I don't know, again, it's, it's a very old movie and very fascinating. Um, so, uh, you know, definitely check it out. It might not be something that's for everybody, but, uh, it is a, a revolutionary pace of filmmaking in a lot of ways. Um, the last movie I want to talk about is Eyes Without a Face, uh, which is, it's interesting because actually Bob Ryer talked about this when we were talking about Halloween in the episode that just posted last week um, and how the, the mask from Eyes Without a Face influences the mask in Halloween. And, uh, man, the mask in Eyes Without a Face is way better than Michael Myers' mask. Um, you know, they're, they're meant to do different things, but the mask in Eyes Without a Face is, is super interesting. Um... And it's, you know, it's about a uh, man who is a plastic surgeon whose daughter is, you know, horribly injured and has her face scarred up. And he is attempting to uh, give her basically a face transplant, but is doing so by, uh, along with his nurse, kidnapping uh, women and involuntarily grafting pieces of their face to his daughter um, which inevitably ends in, in some of their deaths, um, including one who is, you know, being, being dragged off to be dumped in the opening credits of the movie. Um, it is a beautiful and eerie movie. Um, it has some stretches that just feel a bit long because it is very French. Um, <laughs> there, there are, uh, extended sequences that, you know, if you're, if you're familiar with, French movies from you know the the forties and fifties, um, then you'll you'll know what I'm talking about. Um, a lot of just scenes of people walking, um, but the the main character, the daughter is is she's incredibly. She's wearing this plain white mask for almost the entire movie, but she does so much acting with her body with her eyes, which you can see through the mask, that it's, it's really incredible. And she's really, she moves very beautifully. She, it feels, she feels like a music box almost like she's a ballerina in a music box. And, um, 
you know, it's, it's an interesting story about somebody whose uh, life is being decided for them and who is, you know, deciding to whether or not to seize their, their own life back from this person who theoretically means well for them. And she has been locked up and kept in this mansion for a long time. And he's, her father's doing horrible things to, you know, try and help her, uh, that she has not requested and does not want. Um, and it is absolutely a pregenitor to a lot of horror movies, in particular, another one that I watched uh, recently, which is called The Skin I Live In. Um, but it is it has that very traditional Gothic sensibility, um, it's set, even though it's set right outside of Paris. Um, and yeah, definitely something I would recommend watching. It's maybe not a, a, a late night one for a lot of people because you might fall asleep on it. Uh, the, the only problem I had with this movie is that there is uh, the nurse has a theme when she is uh, hunting women. And the theme music to me sounds a lot like the theme from Curb Your Enthusiasm, which is really distracting during the scenes that are supposed to be like sinister stalking. Um, and just think of, you know, Larry David stalking people. It just doesn't seem quite right. Um, anyway, so that's our, our four for today. Uh, we will come back and we'll hit you with a few more tomorrow. Until then, stay horrified.